Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. It's my podcast. It's not your podcast, but maybe you'll be on it as a guest someday if you're really cool. Okay, so the first word in this episode is crocodile. C-R-O-C-O-D-I-L-E. Crocodile. Noun. From... 1555. 1A. Any of several large, carnivorous, thick-skinned, long-bodied aquatic reptiles of tropical and subtropical waters. And then broadly, the synonym is crocodilian. And they are of the family crocodilidae. Is that how you say that? Crocodilidae. I think so. Any experts on crocodiles? Is that how you say that? Crocodilidae? Crocodilidae, crocodilidae. Okay, 1B, the skin or hide of a crocodile. I don't like that. That's the first time I think we've seen that. Why does that have to be in here? Number two is chiefly British. A line of people, as school children, usually walking in pairs. Okay, British people. Why Why do you do this? Why do you call it a crocodile? Pairs of children walking in a line is a crocodile? Okay, what does the etymology say? Uh, let's see. Middle English, cocodril, from Middle Latin, cocodrilus. It's an alternative of the Latin, crocodilus, from Greek, crocodilos with k's that means lizard or crocodile from croaky which means shingle or pebble plus drillos which means worm okay so the greek word for lizard or crocodile is from shingle or pebble plus worm uh i'm not sure what that means um but then we also have akin to the Sanskrit word sarkara, which means pebble. Pebble. How are how are crocodiles like pebbles? Okay. Uh, maybe we need to go to Etim online to find out a little bit more information if there is any. I think that's fascinating. Worm. Worm pebble. Pebble worm. A crocodile is a pebble worm. I don't know. Um, when, when we had the word alligator, did I say something about, we got it, what does it, is it, how do we know, how do we know the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Because I know I will never, ever, ever remember. Um, looking back, I know I've been told what the difference is. I'm sorry, this is very hard to do with kind of one hand. Um, but, but I don't, I don't ever remember. Okay, alligator, uh, it doesn't help that it's either of two crocodilians of, uh, southeastern U.S., uh, they have broad heads not tapering to the snout, and a special pocket in the upper jaw for reception of the enlarged lower fourth tooth. Uh, but they're, so they are crocodilians, but they're specific crocodilians, and their mouth does not taper to the snout. Alligators' mouths do not taper to the snout. 
So I have to assume, okay, so their snout stays wide to the end. But a crocodile, I have to assume their mouth does taper to the snout. But does it doesn't say any of several large carnivores, thick skinned, large body, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't really give any specifics on physically what crocodiles are like. Because, probably because, alligators are crocodiles. And so they the word crocodile is too over overarching. There's too many things that fit in. So you can't give specifics on what they're like. Maybe it's that whole rectangles, squares, squares, rectangles thing. All right. What are we going to do for the sound effect today? Um, I'll just do, what am I going to do? I'm looking ahead. Is there anything? I don't know what the sound a crocodile makes, so I can't do that. I'll just go, hmm. Okay, the next word in this episode is crocodile bird. Noun from 1868, an African bird that is related to the pratincoles and lights on the crocodile and eats its insect parasites. Okay, what is this word pratincoles? P-R-A-T-I-N-C-O-L-E-S. Do you pronounce it pratkinoles? Pratkin pratincoles. So they're related to those things. Um, and they they light on the crocodile. What does that mean? It, and lights on the crocodile and eats its insect parasites. You, you we've all seen pictures of this probably. They're the little there lots of animals, especially in you know Africa, big animals, uh, crocodiles, rhinos. Uh, giraffes and elephants, they have little little bugs that live on them and, uh, you know, feed on maybe other little things. But then there's birds, usually birds, that will eat on those little insects, those insect parasites. Uh, so then they get a meal. It's a symbiotic relationship is what it is. The crocodiles and the crocodile birds. Um, so is the common name just crocodile bird? The scientific name is Pluvianus aegyptius. Aegyptius. That's with an A-E. Uh, yeah, those are crocodile birds. But now I want to see some crocodiles that fly. Hmm. Next is crocodile tears. When a crocodile does not have a bird to eat its insect parasites, it cries a little bit and it has crocodile tears. No, this is a noun from 1563, false or affected tears, and then also hypocritical sorrow. Um, I th- yeah, fake fake tears. I think is the more uh, the general idea of that. Oh, you're just tr- crying crocodile tears. You're not really you're not really sad, or it's fake, or something. Hypocritical sorrow. What does that even mean? Your sorrow is a hypocrite? Hmm. Next is crocodilian. Crocodilian. Noun from 1837. Any of an order, crocodilia, of reptiles, including the crocodiles. See, here we go. The crocodiles, alligators, caimans, gharials, and related extinct forms. And then crocodilian is an adjective. Yeah, so that's why the crocodile definition 
did not say what they look like because they can look like crocodiles, alligators, caimans, gharials, or things that don't even exist anymore. Although, all of those things that still do exist have existed really unchanged for millions and millions of years. I mean, they're kind of like, they're kind of like dinosaurs that, that live today, but much smaller than they used to be. Okay, that is crocodilian. Crocodilian is also an adjective if I didn't say that. Hum. Next is crocus. C-R-O-C-U-S. Noun from the 14th century. 1A is plural. Oh, no, no. So the plural of this word crocus is crocuses, but the plural for 1A is just crocus or croci or croci or croci, whichever one you want. So what is this crocus? Any of a genus, crocus, of herbs of the iris family developing from corms and having solitary long-tubed flowers and slender linear leaves. They're, they're of the iris family, crocuses. Maybe we should post a picture of a crocus, or maybe croci, or croci, or croci. 1B, it is the 1A definition for the word saffron. 2, a dark red ferric oxide used for polishing metals. Uh, what? Does it come from the plant? Is that why that's a thing? Or is it something completely different? And if it's com- something completely different, why why does it have the same name? What does the etymology say? Uh, it is a Middle English word, and it means the saffron plant. From Greek, krokos. It is of Semitic origin, akin to the Akkadian word kurkanu, which means saffron. Do people say saffron or saffron? I like saffron. So it's saffron. Hmm. Next is, it's pronounced Croesus, but it is spelled capital C-R-O-E-S-U-S, Croesus. The O-E makes an E sound. Noun from 1621, Croesus is a very rich man. And this is from Croesus, who was a king of Lydia, and he was famed for his wealth. I'm not sure what Lydia is, but uh, Croesus was the king of it. Hmm. Next is Croft, C-R-O-F-T. Noun from before the 12th century, number one is chiefly British. Actually, number two is as well, so this whole thing is chiefly British. A small enclosed field, usually adjoining a house. A small field next to a house. You can get to the field from your house, and the field is called a croft. Number two, a small farm worked by a tenant. And crofter is a noun, which is also chiefly British, and maybe the tenant is the crofter. The crofter is the one who uh, tends to this small farm. Uh, Let's see, this is akin to the Middle Dutch word Krocht, K-R-O-C-H-T, and that just means hill. 
So maybe it just used to be a hill. Um, next is Crohn's disease. Two words, capital C-R-O-H-N, apostrophe, A, apostrophe S, and then the word disease. Noun from 1935. A chronic inflammatory disease of the gastrointestinal tract that typically involves the distal portion of the ileum and is characterized by cramping and diarrhea. So if you if you want to learn a little bit more about uh, what the distal portion of the ileum is, you can go look that up. Um, but uh, but okay, so yeah, basically, um, it's a problem with your guts, and uh, I'm just putting this in very simple terms for myself. It's a problem with your guts that it can be painful and you poop a lot, uh, specifically diarrhea. So people with this condition, with this disease, uh, they if if a poop is coming, a poop is coming, and they need a bathroom immediately. They need to know where it is, and they need to get there immediately because it's going to happen whether they like it or not. Uh, so that is a problem. And, uh, you know, there's there's drugs and things, uh, maybe diet too, that they can do to help minimize these symptoms, but um, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. How does it happen? Is it genetic? It's a chronic inflammatory disease. Your, your gastrointestinal tract has been inflamed. Chronic is just, it's all the time. Uh, this is from Burrill B. Crone. Burrill B. Crone, who was an American physician who died in 1983. So, um, yeah, he was I, the one who was like, this thing, I have, um, I'm the one who gets to name it because, because I can. I'm sure it existed well before he named it in 1935, but uh, he was, I don't know, what, what is the, I, he was the one who was like, oh, all these people have the same thing, so I'm going to call it my disease. Hmm. Next, we're doing a whole, a whole 180 here. It is the word croissant. You can pronounce it croissant, croissant, croissant. So this one, this pronunciation, it says K-R-W-A for the first part, croissant. But see, whenever I try and say it all French and fancy, I say croissant. There's no R sound in there, croissant. Um, But this one is showing an R, which is hard for my mouth to say. Usually I'll just say croissant. But, you know, yeah, sometimes you say croissant. Noun from 1875. It is a flaky, rich, crescent-shaped roll, and it is very tasty. I could sure go for one right now. It is a French word, if you couldn't tell, and it literally means crescent. It is from the verb, the French verb, croistre. Uh, We must have had the same thing when we had the word crescent, maybe. Croistre, it means to grow. (laughs) Yeah, I remember being confused by that. Why grow? Is it because it's small on the ends and then it grows in the middle? Uh, and then from Latin, criscere, and there's more at the word crescent. Is it, give me a good croissant. Let's get a croissant. Where can I get a croissant right now? I don't think I have any. Hmm. Next we have 
See, this this is a, a, they're doing the same thing. K R W A for the pronunciation. It is quadiger. Quadiger. It is three words. The first word is capital C R O I X. That's pronounced qua or croa. If you want to get that R sound, then d and then ger, spelled G U E R R E. Noun from 1915, a French military decoration awarded for gallant action in war. By the way, de, that second word de is de, not du, or some other vowel that you might want to put there. This is French, and it literally means war cross. So maybe, uh, yeah, the decoration, it's probably in the shape of a cross, a crisscross. Croix de guerre. It's the cross for war. Hmm. Next is croaker sack. Croaker sack. Two words. Croaker is K-R-O. No, there's a K coming up, but no. C-R-O-K-E-R. Noun from 1895. It is chiefly southern, and it is a sack of a coarse material like burlap. That's all it is, just a burlap sack, a croaker sack. Why? It is because it is an alternative of crocus sack or crocus bag, which is of unknown origin. Thank you. That did not help at all. Crocus sack or crocus bag. I wonder if uh, that's related to this saffron plant. Did they, maybe they used to put crocus in it? Hmm, interesting. Next, hmm, Cro-Magnon, Cro-Magnon, I think you emphasize the mag, Cro-Magnon, or, and I never thought about this, because of the way Magnon is spelled, you can also pronounce it Cro-Magnon, which is a very French way and probably the more accurate way to say it, Cro-Magnon, it is spelled capital C-R-O hyphen capital M-A-G-N-O-N. Noun from 1869, and it is a hominid of a tall, erect race of the Upper Paleolithic, known from skeletal remains found chiefly in southern France and classified as the same species as present-day humans. And that same species is Homo sapiens. That's what we are. And also, Cro-Magnons are Homo sapiens. Um, okay, so, it is from Cro-Magnon, which is a cave near Le-Aises? How do you say this? It's near a town in France, spelled L-E-S, second word, E-Y-Z-I-E-S, Aises. I wonder if this was the cave, there was that uh, documentary that, um, that guy made, who's that guy? I want to think of his name. Um, anyway, he's that he's either German or Austrian, and he's made a bunch of films and documentaries. And uh, he he made this documentary about the um, the caves in France and the handprints and the art that they made. And uh, I don't really remember a lot of details about it, but I did see it. Um, wh- his name starts with a W. Oh man, it's pissing me off that I can't think of it. Uh, but you know who he is. 
Uh, Crow Manion. Next word. It is Cromlech. Cromlech. Sounds like something that somebody made up for uh, an alien language or alien word or something. Maybe it's it sounds Klingon. C-R-O-M-L-E-C-H. Noun from 1895. Number one. The synonym is dolmen. It sounds like another fake word. D-O-L-M-E-N. Number two. A circle of monoliths usually enclosing a dolmen or mound. So I'm thinking of... Um, what is that thing? My brain just shuts down. Anything that's not related to what I'm thinking about in the moment, I just cannot think of. You know, Stonehenge. Is Stonehenge a cromlech or a domlin or something like that? A circle of monoliths. Yeah, it's probably a cromlech. Uh, it's a Welsh word, and it literally means bent stone. Um, and obviously, you know, I think Stonehenge is in Scotland, so it's not technically Welsh, but, you know, their language in that area is all all intertwined and related. Um, interesting. A dol- enclosing a dolmen or mound. Uh, Stonehenge has gotten way more fascinating in the last probably 10 or 20 years. They've learned so much more about it. I suggest you go learn about that. Hmm. Next word is... Crone, C-R-O-N-E, noun from the 14th century. It is a withered old woman. Look at that old crone. Uh, let's see. It is Middle English, and it is, it's a term for abuse? A term of abuse. Wait a minute. Is that what it means, or is that what it is? From Anglo-French, caroin. Sharon, which means dead flesh. Oh, great. Uh, and then there's more at the word carrion, which is, yes, that's like a dead a dead animal or something. Um, so I think what this is saying is that people would use this as a term of abuse to old ladies because their flesh was dying. Not, I'm not saying that that is literally what is happening, but that, I think, is uh, the etymology for this crone. That's not nice. We have one more word. Hmm. 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 It is Cronus or Cronus. Capital C-R-O-N-U-S. Noun from 1664. And it is a titan dethroned by his son, Zeus. So Cronus was a titan and had a son named Zeus. And Zeus dethroned him. Uh, Yeah, Latin from the Greek, Kronos, with a K. And that's it for that. Uh, I definitely feel like I've heard Kronos used in other things in media. I'm trying to think of where I would have heard it, but I won't be able to think of it. But you usually think of Zeus as being the main of the Greek gods, the main dude. But, uh, But Zeus has a dad. Zeus's dad is Kronos. Did Kronos have a dad? What's the family tree? It's very complicated. All right, so the words in this episode were crocodile, crocodile bird, crocodile tears, 
crocodilian, crocus, croesus, croft, Crohn's disease, croissant, crodiger, croker sac, cromanion, cromlec, crone, and cronus. I am very torn about what to pick. I mean, crocodiles are pretty amazing. Obviously, we have to post a picture of that. Um, but, uh, you know, Crohn's disease and croissants, they're, they're very important to the, to the world. Crohn's disease is something that you need to bring more attention to. People need to know about it uh, and respect the people who suffer from it. Uh, colitis is a similar thing, which, uh, yeah, we probably be, probably read that before. Um, but, you know, you can't go wrong with a croissant, especially if there's chocolate inside of it. I want a chocolate croissant. Go give me a chocolate croissant. There's never enough chocolate in a chocolate croissant. It's so flaky and rich. Although chocolate croissants aren't usually in crescent form. They're usually in rectangular form. Why why is that? Why can't why can't you make it a crescent? All right, that is going to be the end of this episode. Thank you so much for sticking around with this. I hope that you have started this podcast from the beginning and worked your way up. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.